Welcome, welcome, welcome back to another episode of E Squared. I'm your host, Eze Tiff, and E Squared is a faith based platform redefining the way young professionals work in excellence. With this podcast, we're creating a space where we have transparent and transformative conversations. So to my first time listeners, thank you for joining us. You're welcome. And to my returning listeners, you're welcome too. In this episode, we're kicking off our Embracing the Process series. And we're going to be in conversations with other young professionals who are going to share their stories along with how they excel and excel through their process. So once again, thank you for tuning in and let's hop right into it. So today we're in conversations with Osato. Hey, Osato. Hey. (laughs) All right. You sound like you're feeling good. (laughs) I I am. (laughs) Thank you for agreeing to join us today. And to start off, could you tell us a little bit about yourself, your occupation, and some of your hobbies? Okay. So obviously my name is Osato. Um, I'm 27. I, a little bit about myself, I, um, Went to Georgetown for grad school. Now I work for the National Society of Black Engineers. Um, my career is kind of a mix of a lot of different things, um, but it's mostly research mixed with project and program management, um, mixed with development. So a lot of different things. Um, I do travel for work and that's one of my hobbies. So I really like that my job incorporates um, one of my hobbies. I really love reading. Just finished up this awesome book by Christian Kane called Unexpected. And Ooh. I'm now moving into um, two different books, one by Miles Monroe and one by Michelle Obama, of course, her book Becoming. Um, reading is definitely one of my hobbies. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I like, I like a lot of different things. I like writing. I love writing. I can write literally all day. Um, I have so many filled and completed journals, like in my room. Um, I, I kind of get scared, like when I leave home, um, (laughs) and I I think like, oh my gosh, if somebody breaks into my room, they're going to like get my whole life. Like I've literally written my entire life down. So yep. Those are my hobbies. That's interesting. Okay. So in this episode, as you know, we are talking about your gap year, um, and how you learn to embrace your process. But real quick, like when I think about embracing the process, the first thing that comes to mind is the story of Joshua. You know, you're familiar mm-hmm. with that. Absolutely. Right? And the wall of Jericho and how a lot of times we have our next step and it just seems so logical. Like this is what we need to do next. And God is like, wait, no, I need you to go this way. Right. Mm-hmm. So in his case, we see him and his men preparing to go win the battle that God had already told them they were going to win um, yeah. against Jericho, that they were going to yeah. take that town down. Um, and we can see in the first verse of chapter six, Joshua chapter six, the first verse, it tells us now the gates of Jericho were tightly shut because the people were afraid of the Israelites. Right. So if there's any other time to go in and ambush this town is why they're scared. Right. right like This right. is the prime time to go in and fight. Um, but we see that the Lord takes them a different route and he's telling them to march around the town. But. It, it, it makes no sense because it's like, what do you mean March for six days, right? Um, and then blow a horn on the seventh. Like, they're scared. We're ready. Let's go get them. But the thing about this is, it, to make a long story short, we see even with this detour, God gave them not only the victory, but also revelations about himself and other learnings that they may not have gotten mm-hmm. um, had they just charged straight into the town at the time they were looking in to do that. So that kind of leads me into my first question for you, right? 
Okay. Um, when did you realize that the path that you were taking originally was about to change? You know, like you're about to go a different route and it's not going to go the way that you planned. And how did you approach that? Yeah, so um, super scary. And I think a little bit of backstory to like what that plan is or what that plan was, was, um, you know, I was at Georgia State. That's where I did my undergraduate degree. And I was on the pre-med track, um, taking all the classes, the prereqs, um, you know, and I was basically on the road or or that's where I thought um, I was on the road to to applying to medical school and going to medical school and becoming a um, board certified physician. Mm-hmm. And um, those plans dramatically changed. And I think the, 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 the point in time when I knew something was going to be different was pretty early on, you know, mm. I... I found myself when I was, when I was around 16, um, mm-hmm. you know, we, we kind of get to this age where we're like, what am I good at? What do I like right. to do? <laughs> and I found myself um, being like this jack of all trades, but a master of none. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, I like doing this. I like doing this. Um, I think this will be cool. I think that will be cool. And because, you know, a lot of my peers, a lot of the things they were good at, um, you know, there was a career attached to that. Like, you know, um, oh, I'm really good at science. Okay, boom, that's what I'm going to major in. Or I'm really good at, um, you know, math. Okay, I know that I'm going to major in some type of STEM field. I'm really good at this. I'm going to, you know, and for me, I didn't feel like my skill set matched a career. Yeah. So yeah. I completely dropped that. I completely dropped the, okay, Osato, well, you're going to match your skill set and your gifts with a mm-hmm. job, with a specific job. Okay, you're a jack of all trades, so we can't do that. So yeah. instead, I'm going to pick a career or you know, a job that gives me other things that I like, other mm-hmm. than my gifts and my talents and what I was built with, right? I'm going to focus on something that gives me stability, that mm. gives me money, that gives me prestige, that gives me longevity, right? right? And so those are the things that I was focused on. And so, of course, as a, you know, Nigerian young person, my brother is actually a physician. Um, I'm like, duh, I'm just going to follow my older brother <laughs> and I'm going to be pre-med, you know? And what happens is sometimes you could force yourself to like something right and that not that I force myself but sometimes like you could work really hard at something and be good at it and you're like this is the path that I'm taking and that's what happened with me I started got got into college of course right out the gate doing Mm pre-med you know some of the classes were hard of course pre-med is hard so difficulty comes with that with that um with that path and I'm like okay cool you know going from class to class to class and I knew like this is the reason why I'm picking this career path. And I don't think there's anything wrong with this reason. Um, and so I just kept moving forward. But as I got to a point where I graduated from college, um, that was kind of a rude awakening for me because a lot of the things that, that I, that I held um, that, that made me comfortable in my major, a lot of, I, I did, I was, I was very active on campus. So I did so many things and that made me feel comfortable where I was. Mm-hmm. And so when I graduated and all those things were stripped from me, like, you know, prestigious organizations, SGA, all these titles, yeah. all these things. So it, then it just became me and my major, right? <laughs> you, you, you and what actually matters. So when you get your degree from college, your degree is not going to have all those things. Like right. This person, the student leader, it's just going to be like, Osato, you know, she did psychology pre-med with a double minor in chem right. bio. That's all I had. And, you know, applied to medical school. And even during, you know, my study of the MCAT, the MCAT twice, mm-hmm. um, I studied, I studied, I studied. And it was just like, man, this is not, 
you know, like I, I'm studying and I'm grasping the concepts, but like, can I imagine, you know, doing this or, you know, for, for a long period of time or yeah. for the rest of my life or, you know, but it was one of those things where I'm like, nah, like this is my goal. And sometimes we just have a goal and it's like, I got to achieve this goal. Yeah. And there's not that much depth behind the goal or there may be depth, but it may be channeled in the wrong direction, you know? And so for me, I'm like, nah, I'm not, I won't fail. This is my goal. I'm praying and I'm fasting and all these different things. Um, yeah. And then, and then slowly, but surely, I believe that the Lord started making things super clear, you know, and unfortunately he used, um, failure to do so. What, mm. what we would see as failure. Right. I, I like he, how you said he that. Sees it, yeah. He sees it as a redirection. Right. But for, but for us, he, you know, we see it as, as failure. Right. And so for me, I knew something was, was different when the rejection letter started coming in, mm. you know, I, I started, I sent off my my second well, I first I took the exam, didn't get the score that I wanted, but I'm still gonna apply. Yeah. Took the exam twice, took the the one the two thousand dollar Kaplan prep course for the exam. Wow. Took it twice, didn't get the score that I wanted, but so I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna go ahead and apply. Applying and then the you know the the I sent off my primary applications, secondaries come rolling in, and then I sent off secondary um secondary applications, and then the rejection letter start flowing in yeah. one by one. Then I'm like, all right what's going on so take mm-hmm. it from rejection letter to okay yeah I might need to take a break or a gap year so you know for me every, everyone is different everyone kind of applies to school differently um but for me I I received 18 rejection letters funny enough it wasn't it wasn't that you know all 18 is like oh my gosh woe is me and if you know how the medical school um, applications kind of system works so I actually applied or was applying you know you, you basically are applying like senior year so that you can get in right after mm-hmm. um and I I, I grad I graduated in a really kind of weird a weird time so I graduated in in December of 2014 so I knew okay I want to do everything that I can so that I can mm-hmm. go to medical school August of 20. 15 and so um I think when that first rejection letter came in it was like okay no sweat you know (laughs) and um I'm like girl you have 17 more okay you know you can't go to two medical schools at once you can't go to two grad schools or law schools or you can't do two things at one time so of course you only need one person to say yes so I mean I was at rejection letter number 10 and I'm like hey I got eight more left (laughs) You know, um, to the point where I started developing this false sense of security and confidence, you know, mm. I'm like, oh, you know, rejection letter number 12. That's OK. You know, um, God is just narrowing it down for me, you know, <laughs> doing things like that. And then I think for me, even rejection letter number 17, I'm like, God, wow. you are so funny. Of course, you will save the best for last, you know, and. I think when I received rejection letter number 18, I don't remember where I was, but mm. I do remember just the feeling of devastation. Wow. And um, I mean, from devastation to humiliation, being very disappointed in myself, um, feeling like I let, you know, my older brother down, my parents down, my friends yeah. down. You know, I have a, a, a great amount of friends that are dentists and physicians and PAs and things like that and so I felt like oh my gosh you are the failure it's you you know everyone else got in you know I always talk to people about 
my ride or die study group um, at Georgia State, that was about six of us. Um, Mm -hmm. And all of them are in dental school and medical school. The only reason why one is not, it was about, it was about six of us. The only reason why one is not because she decided to be a PA. So, you know, everyone, and you know, it, it was, it was really, really difficult. Um, when I got rejection letter number 18, I think that's, that was the point when everything, everything for me kind of, it started to get really confusing, but then it also made sense. Right. So it was really confusing Mm. because I'm like, oh my gosh, in my entire collegiate career, if you are pre-med, if you are pre-dent, if you are pre-farm, you know, if you are pre-law, if you are on any type of like itemized, categorized, like track then you know yeah. you've built your entire college career, your internship, your resume, everything that you do over the summer, everything is geared towards this field of study. And so for me, I'm yeah. like, wow, I have done internships at UCLA, School of Medicine, internships at the University of Washington. I'm going to Washington University in St. Louis. Yep. Um, that um, School of Medicine, and I'm just like, wait, what? 18 rejection letters? I mean, nobody wants to interview me? Like, huh? Mm. You know? And... um. It, man, it hit hard. It hit really, yeah. really hard. And it wasn't like a smooth transition of, you know, rejection letters to, hey, now I'm taking a gap year. It was like, boom, yep. boom, boom, now I'm taking a gap year. You know, it was extremely scary. Yeah. So when that happened, did you almost feel like, man, I wasted my time? Like, dang. You know, I blamed four God years for, a long, for, for a long time because I wasn't one of those people that, went through I mean just think about someone that is not Christian right they don't go through college asking God what their major should be they don't go through college fasting and praying and oh my god I'm about to step into organic chemistry too god be my (laughs) my god no no they just take the class and if they feel it they feel it they'll take it again and if they pass they move on to the next class right they move on to biochem or whatever's next after um um, ochem one and two and so For me, it was just kind of like, God, how dare you? You know, like, how mm. dare you throw a wrench in my plans? How dare you, um, you know, cause these schools to not see something in me to accept me? Like, what do you mean? I asked you what my major should be, you know? And mm. I think that's what hurt me. The, like, that's a part of what hurt me the most was that I really felt like I, that God played an active role in my major you know I remember being right on the verge of of getting a C which you can't do in in you know a pre-med program I remember being right on the verge of getting a C and something will happen where I will pray and the professor would be like you know what I'm gonna do a you know exam retake or whatever it was always (laughs) something where God was just pulling me through out the woodwork and I'm just like God like you failed me this is you you know, this has nothing to do with me. I did everything that I could. I did everything that I was supposed to. Um, all of my friends know that when I am in school, I actually like school. I'm not one of those people that dread school or anticipate graduating. Like, oh my God, I can't wait to graduate. Senior senior writing yeah. and things like that, I never really had. I love school. I like learning. I like being in class. I like stationary. You know, I love those things. And so for me, yeah. it was kind of like, you did this. Like, I did everything that I could. I went to professor's office hours. I took tutorials, free and paid mm, tutorials. You. you know, I did everything I could. I took a $2,000 in-cat course. I did everything, you know? And I'm like, yeah. this is your yeah. fault. 
you know so 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 how did you go from because my next question would have been what truth did you hold on in this downtime but it seems as though you wasn't holding let me tell you something you know Um, a lot of people are just like, oh, you know, I have faith. And let me, let me be 150% yeah, real. Yeah, let's be real. Is that my faith was on zero, zero. I didn't have any more. Mm. Um, I, I didn't believe God to be a good father. I felt like wow. you failed me. You tricked me. You know, I felt like, you know, just like, like you feel backstabbed by like a bestie, right? Yeah. It's like, God, all I needed to do, right? Oh, well, for me. I took the classes. I took the exams. I pulled the all-nighters. I was taking the the five-hour energies. I was studying studying all night. I was missing not the five-hour yeah, energy. I was missing this event <laughs> and that event, or doing this and doing that, just to make sure yeah. you're studying. Mm-hmm. And all you had to do was hold up your end of the bargain, you know. And so for <laughs> me, I felt like you failed me. Like my trust right now is on mm-hmm. zero. Like I do not trust you, you know, and. My faith level, everything was on zero. I mean, people will call me, yeah. like, hey, keep your head up. You can apply again. I'm like, no, I have a plan <laughs> for my yeah. life. You know, I wanted to do this. You know, I wanted, I want to graduate by this time. I want to open this business and, you know, open that, you know. And so for me, I was just like, I, I can't believe you after this. I believed you for, I felt like, God, you tricked me for four years. Anytime in those 4.5 years I took to do undergrad, at any point in time, you could have said, hey, this is not the direction that I want, to, want you to go in, you know? Right. So, and so I felt, yeah, I felt, I felt betrayed, like, by a friend. Yeah. And so what happens naturally when you feel betrayed by a really good friend, you don't trust that friend anymore. Everything that friend mm-hmm. says, you're giving them a side eye. Like, is this the truth? Is it not? And that's exactly how it so, was. Yeah. Yeah. Man. And that's real. And I really appreciate you just being transparent because these are things that we feel yeah. when we're hit by unexpected turns. It's like, okay, God, where were you? Yeah. Right? But you said something. We were talking the other day. You said something interesting about the one thing that you could hold on um, to in this time. Yeah. Ooh, God's character. See, the thing is, is that we are really like in a box, right? We try to put God in a box, but we're we're actually the ones that are confined, Right. We are confined to what we see, what we feel, right? We, right. We, we don't know the ins and outs of the spiritual realm. We don't know, exactly. you know, what's going on. We don't have the 360. We don't have the whole story. Um, and so we're so confined by what we see. And what happens is it makes it very easy for us to call what we see as a spade a spade. So we say, Mm. God, I put it in your hands and it failed. That means you are not trustworthy. That means your hands are slippery. And that's, that's kind of how I looked at it. I, I, everything that happened during that time was a complete attack on God's character. You are not good. You know, I had one goal, you know, and it didn't happen. I didn't achieve it. Um, And I'm somebody that's very competitive and, you know, not just competing against other people, but competing against myself. And yes. I like excellence. I want to attain the highest education possible, all these different things. And so for me, I'm like, you know, my desires yes. and you didn't follow through. You know, I was in college. I was leading Bible study in college and I was seemingly doing the work of God. And so for me, I felt like right. I scratch your back, you scratch mine. And I scratched your back. I gave you a whole meltdown back rub. 
you know, and, and you didn't hold up your end of the bargain. And so for me, everything that, everything that I went through during that time was a complete attack on God's character, who he was as a father, who he was, um, who he was as a God, who he was as a king, someone that's sovereign, someone that's the Lord over, yep. you know, the Lord over our lives. Like I'm talking, we're talking about yes. the creator of the universe, right? I'm literally attacking his character. Um, and so that was, that was, that was something that took me a really, really long time to um, get away from. That makes sense. Yeah. We, we talk about God being mm-hmm. good, right? Yeah. Um, how did you get yourself to begin to believe that despite what you were seeing? So it got to a point where um, I was the lowest that I can go. I couldn't go any lower than, than, than what I was. I think the lower point, you know, I think the lowest point for a believer is to not believe, right? That, that end of itself makes you a non-believer. And mm-hmm. that was my lowest point. And yeah. for me, it was kind of like, okay, I don't have anything. I don't have anything to show for all the work that I put into undergrad. Um, I didn't achieve the goals that I wanted to achieve. And again, this is not just about med school, right? Not just about my small goal, but it's about all of us, all of us as millennials that have um, these, what we want to do, we have plans, right? right? And for when the plans don't work out, it's like, you know, where do I go from here? And so for me, what I had to do was I had to say it until I believed it. Yeah. You know, it's like, man, I don't believe you. Like I'm reading the word and it says that you're faithful. And one of my favorite verses in the Bible um, is, you know, Second Timothy 2.13, where on, we you know where it talks about how <laughs> even when we are faithless, he remains yeah. faithful because he cannot disown himself. And yep. for me, I would read that knowing that's my favorite verse and I would read it and I would not believe it. I, I would feel nothing. But mm-hmm. I had to realize that whatever I felt is not reality. It, it's, yeah, exactly. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling that these words are just words. But the reality is that the words that I was saying with the scriptures that I was reciting, they were true. They were yeah. truth, you know? And a lot. Yeah, and exactly. A lot. And I think about I think about something that happened um, the other day. I'm in the office, right? And I hear this this young man. He's on the elevator, and he's just talking to his friend. And he says, "I'll see it when I believe it." Yeah. He's like, "Wait, no, I meant to say I'll believe it when I see it, right?" Yeah. And God just spoke so softly to me. He said, "No, he had it right the first time, mm-hmm. right?" There's a direct correlation between what we believe and what we yeah. see, and it should be. I will see it when I begin to believe it. And it's just so beautiful how you began to believe something and then God started making things easier for so you, much right? Easier. So yeah. talk to me about, talk to me about that transition, right? How you decided Georgetown, at, at least before Georgetown, what was graduation season like for you? Because now your friends are around you moving forward, right? Yeah. yeah. With the things that they're doing and yeah. it seems as if they're overcoming, right? How did you approach that? How did you grab yourself together during graduation season? Yeah. So, and, and man, it's, it was tough, right? It was tough because I graduated in December, which was after, you know, majority of, of, of the people that I knew. And then of course okay. people graduated um, after me in May. But yeah. so graduation season is tough. What was tougher was white coat ceremonies. That was tough. Oh, man. 
because I'm getting invited to people's white coat ceremonies and I apply to the school that you're getting the white coat from. That's tough. Yeah. You know, and it's not, it's not one friend. We're talking about seven and eight friends. Mm. We're talking about going from white coat ceremony to white coat ceremony to white coat ceremony. And, you know, it's, it's funny because after, you know, all of the, the, the physicians to be, um, have their white coat and, you know, you know, after the ceremony is over, you, you know, are taking pictures with your family and things like that, taking pictures with friends and, you know, people that you invited and it, it never failed. You know, I went to, you know, a white coat ceremony and, you know, or several white coat ceremonies and I would see my friend that I came to support and they're like, oh, take a picture. Oh, Sato, don't worry. You know, and I, I get this like in, yeah. instant pep talk. You know, <laughs> and, and I mean, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely, it was definitely needed, right? It's definitely like, okay, yeah, you see that this is what I'm going through, whatever the case is. But um, it got to a point where um, it was literally just me and the Lord. People started yeah. med school and people moved on. And, and that, and that's the reality of it is that when you, as a human being, everybody suffers trials and, and things that disappointments and challenges and you may harbor onto that challenge and that challenge may be so big to you, but people move on. It's not yeah. their challenge, right? They move on to the next thing that, that they're specifically facing. And so yeah. I got to a point where it was just me and God. It was just me yeah. and, and my skewed, my skewed lens. It was just me and the jacked up way that I saw him. That's it. Yeah. Just me and him, me and the unfaithful, untrustworthy, lying, right? God, that is, how how in the, in my head right I, I never said yeah. it out loud but it's how I felt right it's it's um how it's how I felt when I thought about my journey like dang God you came through for everybody else but you didn't come through for me and mm-hmm. it wasn't until I got to the lowest of the low point that the that I I kind of I kind of started to perceive how the Lord dealt with me okay and I know a lot of people think oh the wrath of God. You you said that God was trustworthy. God is going to come and smite you. But in, in reality, God was gentle with me. Mm, that's um, our God. He was so gentle with me. And he, he kind of ministered to me to be gentle with myself. Mm. You know, that I don't know all the answers. And it's okay, right? If, if I told you that this is your skill set and this is the area that you're supposed to go into. Or if I didn't tell you anything and you just started to walk, right? Whatever it is, um, as your father, as your God, I play an active role in your life. So I know what's going on. That's beautiful. You know, I know what you feel. And I think it wasn't until I understood that, that I'm like, okay, it's time to get up from here. And I had to be gentle with myself. I'm somebody that, you know, I apply for a lot of different things. I, mm-hmm. apply, I apply for scholarships and I apply for positions and, you know, all these different things. And up until that medical school point, I never really experienced serious rejection. Mm. And so I think the Lord started to deal with something deeper than a small medical school rejection. Because that's small to him. He started exactly. dealing with that, that spirit of rejection. He started yep. to deal with, okay, Osato, like, yeah, you got rejected from medical school, but so, so does more than 50% of applicants, right? So like, this is really hitting you hard. Let's get get to the heart of the matter. Like, what is it? What is it about this path? What is it about how you see me? Mm -hmm. What is it that's 
making this thing an idol. That's making this thing so, so big, right? Almost bigger than me, almost bigger than God, right? What is yeah. what is it? What is it? What is it? What is it about your goal that makes your goal bigger than me? And so I feel like when we got to the heart of the matter, yeah, um, so much healing. Yeah, it was so much healing, and you never think it. People are just like, "Wait, what?" So you got rejected, like now, and now you need healing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I get it. You know what I mean? And so um, I think when it's when you are talking about the life of a believer, it's always deeper. Like yeah. say, oh man, Christians are too deep. Yeah, we, we are deep. Our God is deep. Yeah, you know, it's it's, it's, it's far beyond what the surface looks like. You know, far, far beyond. beyond. So you what know? may look like you crying or being upset or being depressed over a medical school rejection letter, the the heart of that matter, the the depth of that, it's so much. It's so much more. Yeah. It's it's so much more than oh, I just got rejected. Right. It is okay. Why was that attributed to your identity? Your identity is who exactly is who you say that I, who who I say that you are. That's that's your identity in Christ, right? Why are you attributing your occupation to your identity, right? Yeah. Why does this Why does this mean so much? It means more than anything to you. You know, it's, it got to a point where, you know, I think the transition started happening when when um, I started to be tender with myself and started to yeah, really open like my ears. Yeah, yeah. Really open my ears to hear what the Lord was saying and then he started to to address deeper matters for me yeah that's beautiful that is so beautiful how God could could have let you get straight into medical school yeah but through this year um he's able to just heal and bring some things up that would have been overlooked you see what I'm saying yeah 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 that's your father and every um, opportunity every challenge in your life is an opportunity to get closer to the Lord. And not yeah. just to get closer, it's an opportunity to know him really On a well. Level. I love yeah. that Bible verse that talks about how, like, there, this is not a master to slave relationship. Yes. Because a slave doesn't know what's going on with the, like, like in the master's mind, right? The Come slave on. doesn't know the secrets, right? But it's like a, it's, this, is, this is a friendship. Yeah. So I'm letting you in on things like so. And, and I think as millennials, we need to embrace those challenges. We need to embrace the process, right? Because exactly. the process is where he is. The mm. process is where he meets us. He meets us in those points where he's like, all right, so I kind of can I redirect you. I know you had your plans, but oh, mine are better. Yeah. Yep. You know, <laughs> can, can I redirect you? I think I think my plans are so much. Can I can I step in? Right, I let yeah. you take the driver's seat, and it's cool. You did good with you know with with my help and with my inspiration, things like that. But not now. Can I fully be in the driver's seat? Can you can you play backseat? You know, when I tell you when I tell yeah. you, his plans are so much better. So much better. So much better. <laughs> so much better. So let's let's move into. Okay, so you're you're in this valley. You've, you've got just you and God, right? Mm -hmm. And he's speaking to you and he's encouraging you. But that does not prevent others from speaking. And I know as a Nigerian, Nigerian-American, right? You know what the pressures can be like from your family oh, and voices around Absolutely. So how did you navigate that? How did that make you feel? Yeah. Um, were those things that you were taking to the Lord or did you find yourself bottling those, um, those yeah. things? Up? I think for me at first, at first, um, 
I definitely did take it personal. I definitely did bottle it up and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm a failure. Everybody's getting in. You know, and then you, you get you get those comments like, oh, she got my car got in. Does she have two heads? <laughs> you know, and you know, it's you you have those, you know, those things that happen and stuff like that. Um yeah. and you know, it it got to a point where it put a lot of pressure on me, a lot of the, the pressure to perform. Pressure that God is not even putting yeah, on you. Yeah, that God is not even putting on you. Exactly. And I think what I had to do was to align almost every comment. And, I, and I'm also, I also mm-hmm. love writing. So I am a writer. And so I write down the comments that come. I write down how they made me feel. And it got to a point mm-hmm. where I'm like, okay, so what is the point of just recording this stuff, right? Instead, um, you know, I would look back on what I wrote and I would align it with the word, right? Mm-hmm. And I would say, okay. Let's take that, you know, the, the really ridiculous comment, Chamaka doesn't have two heads. How can she get in mm-hmm. and you didn't get in, right? Let's just take that comment for an example. I would right. line it up with, okay, am I feeling anxiety after this comment was given? Am I feeling stupid? Am I feeling mm. um, inadequate? Am I feeling condemned? And so when I start to evaluate how those things make me feel, how they change the trajectory of my thinking, um, I had to throw that comment out. And not only throw that comment out, but in some cases, not all, but in some cases, I had to throw that person out. Mm. Like, you know what? I don't think you're the best person. I love you. You're awesome. But I don't think you're the best person for me to talk to right now in this season. Mm. You know, and that's that's, that's pretty much how I had to overcome that. And And then, you know, it takes work, definitely. And you do have those those really bad days. Um, but I mean, it, it, it honestly, I remember being at a, a birthday dinner and I was sitting across from someone that had just got into medical school. He did, he did a one year master's in like medical sciences and mm-hmm. then went in and I told him, I'm like, yeah, I'm mean, rejected. He's like, oh, okay. So how many did you apply? And I'm like, well, you know, after the, you know, the primary applications went in, things like that, I got 18 rejection letters, you know? Yeah. And, and I remember how, when he heard the word 18, his volume at the dinner table really skyrocketed and wow. what was a one-on-one conversation was a table wow. topic and wow. I was so embarrassed and I was really really upset and so yeah you have those days those outlier days where you know you've been working on this confidence you've been working on you know um understanding the character of God and all these things mm-hmm. You know, you've been working on it, working on it, working on it. And then you get those days where it's like, oh, my gosh, like, it's not getting yeah. any better. So, um, yeah, and it goes back to just being gentle with yourself and being patient with yourself, um, you know, so. Wow, I love it. I love it. So moving forward, you said something really good um, about the medical path. Yes, it's difficult, right? But how did you differentiate your process from being a difficult path? Um, from signs that okay now I need to detour into something else yeah that's really important because I know a lot of people that didn't get in the first time and um apply the second time and got it apply the mm-hmm. third time and got in. so mm-hmm. it, I don't I don't I don't like when millennial Christians when we attribute easiness to oh God must be in it right? It's so easy for me. All these doors flew open. It's God, right? And then, oh, I got a challenge. Oh, I don't understand this. Or I'm not grasping this concept. This major is hard. That it must not be God, right? That those things do not correlate. And I want us to kind of be at a point where you understand something that's difficult, 
but the Lord is still giving you grace to achieve it. And the door that is closed because of redirection. Those are two very different things. And for me, my wailing and my, you know, sadness and disappointment that came with 18 rejection letters was not, oh my gosh, I'm going to apply again. I, I, I knew in my heart that those 18 rejection letters meant like Osato let me it's my turn tag me in. so the holy spirit the holy spirit absolutely i knew okay. it like the holy spirit it was such a um deep feeling such a deep yeah. inspiration that i'm doing something different with you mm-hmm. and at first i was kicking and screaming kicking and screaming all the way out <laughs> right kicking and screaming um, and then when I sat still and I'm like, all right, do what you want to do, then things became very clear. But I really want us to get to a point where we understand, we're understanding the voice of the Lord. We are, you know, receiving the impressions from the Holy Spirit. We're able to decipher what is difficult, but the Lord has given me grace to accomplish. Mm-hmm. And because med- medical school is a difficult thing, yeah. right? Medicine is a difficult field, right? Those that were, I believe that from childhood, my brother, my older brother was meant to be a physician. I believe that in my heart. And he will tell you that medical school was difficult, right? So it's not that, oh, the Lord has destined me to be a lawyer. Lawyer, you know, law school will be easy. That that, that is not a direct correlation. But I want us to get to a point where we differentiate between, we can understand the difference between if this is hard, it's difficult, it's challenging and God has given me grace in this area right. and this is a yeah. clear closed door and a redirection so yeah. I think for me um the Holy Spirit definitely and that and that's why I was so scared that's yeah. why I didn't trust the Lord because I'm like okay you're directing me to where yeah what's next you're telling me to walk up the stairs I don't see the staircase I don't see the yeah. next step you know, and that's another reason why it was so scary. And when I received those rejection letters, I was so terrified because it was like, I believe that you're directing me. I do, but I don't know what's next. So I'm going to kick and scream the whole way. Man, this has been a great conversation. So good. So good. <laughs> Look, I might have to go back and listen, take some notes. But what does excelling and exhaling look like to you? And how does, what does that look like in your journey? Mm, exhaling and excelling I think before um excelling meant uh, achieving something achieving Mm. things material things things that I can measure yeah um whether it's degrees whether it's prestige whether it's whatever it is um I felt like that's what to excel meant to to do that but for me I think excelling is being um faithful and excellent in every season especially your process right yeah and and like for me right now even though I went to Georgetown great school great program and I'm working and I'm traveling I still don't have all the answers yeah and but I do believe in this season I'm excelling right why because my faith level is different yeah before I I I needed to see the words on the page I needed to see the, the table of content, you know, but now <laughs> I just trust the author. Yeah. And Ooh, that, wait, that wait, is wait. You can't even, I, you can't move forward after <laughs> dropping some heat like that. <laughs> one, 
one more time. Yeah, I, it's now different. I just trust the author. Yeah, yeah. Now I'm like, okay, you're writing the book, and I trust you. Mm. Whereas before, I'm like, what you writing? Let me yeah. <laughs> let me give me pen. Give me Give me that pen. <laughs> you know, let me let me text you know you know type of thing. And so, so I think that is the the art of excelling in your process. Beautiful. is I don't know the process it's a, it's a jungle it's like yeah. wait I'm here I'm here you know one week I'm in LA one week I'm in Alabama and people are like what do you do and I'm like I don't know right <laughs> but the pro knowing that you know I'm in a process this is yeah. a journey this is where God is he wants journey. to meet me here right there are things that I, I need to be learning there yeah. are things I need to be grasping. There are things I need to be letting go of, right? Yeah. That is excelling. It's being at the, at the at the pinnacle of your faith through every process, through those valleys and through the top of the mountain when you've mm-hmm. gotten, you know, everything that you wanted to get. And to exhale. Come on. Um, for me, I think it's, when I think about exhaling, I think about literally crawling into the lap of the Lord. Mm. And I mean, shutting off my phone, shutting off people, shutting off the opinions of people. Shut and and when I say opinions of people, I don't mean opinions of people that are not believers. Who cares? That's the world, right? I mean the and and I'm, even though you know the opinions of the world, it definitely does bring pressure as well. It does, but I don't think as a as a believer, I don't think anything brings more pressure than the pressure within the kingdom, the, the pressure that we put on ourselves as believers. And so for me, shutting that off shutting off everything and literally just crawling in his lap. And I'm just like, oh, all right. Like, can you just take it all? <laughs> right. Can mm-hmm. you just, can you just, you know, make it all better? You know? And, and I, the way I get there is, is through worship. Yeah. That's where I, that's when I get there. I get there when I've worshiped and worshiped and worshiped and I really feel, feeling I know the presence of the Lord is in my room and I just sit. Yeah. I just sit in the presence. I just bask in it. And I'm just like, okay, God, like you're going to make it better. And, and in those moments I exhale. And then after that session with the Lord, after that meeting time with the Lord, I feel rejuvenated. Yeah. Always, you know, ready. I'm, I'm like, okay, I'm ready for this next battle. I'm ready for this next thing, you know? All right, Osato, man. <laughs> I have been blessed. I know you've been blessed. You know, just thinking about what God has done is always refreshing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, but before I let you go, I want you to leave us with three tips or, or three takeaways from your season. What's something that you can leave us with? Three tips. Okay. So, right off the bat, tip one definitely would be to understand and know that as a child of God, God plays an active role in your life. And Mm. the quicker that you know this, I mean, believe it, internalize it, understand it. um, I think everything will be easier. One thing that I did to understand this was I kept reciting it until I actually believed it. It's God is good. God does good. And God wants good for me. I had mm. to keep reciting that over and over again um, and to really understand he plays an active role in my life. He sees, he knows what's going yeah. on. He knows how you feel. He knows that, you know, your, your goal or your, your, your path or whatever you wanted to do didn't work out. He has something better in store. So that would be definitely number one. Number two will be to open your mind. Um, you, you know, God is not in the box, but definitely we, we are. 
we we're we, we're definitely subject to um you know we try not to be but for the most part we're definitely struggle, subject to our feelings to what mm-hmm. we can see to, to things that are right there right there in our reach you know that's kind of the extent of our insight and when when you open your mind you and I don't mean open your mind and you know start doing all kind of crazy things but um open your mind to to the possibility that you know God is doing something different and it's not yeah you may open your mind to what you think is a possibility that oh maybe God is redirecting me but no it's, it's the reality that God is directing your life he literally knows the end from the beginning and it I didn't start to think about other things oh your skill set oh leadership oh you really love the continent of Africa oh research Mm. all those other things that you like to do science how can that be meshed in and then I mean that's literally how I applied to Georgetown and I applied Mm -hmm. to a couple of other global health and development programs and that's how you know, I ended up at Georgetown was because I opened my mind to the possibility yeah. that there could be something else that built my skill set so much better than what I thought. You know, open your mind to the possibility that hey, you could be wrong, right? Hey, you could have you could be on the, the 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 path that is not the best for you, right? The path that you devised may not be the best for you. Just mm-hmm. to open your mind to all the possibilities that um, that God wants to share with you. And the third thing um, is to build. Build from mm-hmm. where you are during that gap year, during that time where you're trying to figure it out, during that process. You can be building upon your relationships. You can be building yourself. You can be building your relationship with the Lord. You can be be building how, how um, distinctly and how uh, you hear the Holy Spirit, right? Your senses, yeah. how you sense, okay, Lord, this is what you're telling me to do. This is not what you're telling me to do. There's so many things you can be building. You can be building your business. You can be building your blog, yeah. which is what I did. That is, it, it was through my, <laughs> my gap year that my blog mm-hmm. was birthed, right? You can be building so much. There's so many things to do. Sitting down at home and throwing your thumbs and crying and, you know, oh my gosh, what was me? I had a plan. I wanted to go to law school or I wanted to do this and it didn't work out. No, you can be, you, there's so many things that you can be doing in that moment to better yeah. yourself and to build yourself. So those are my three. Wow. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. I'm almost done with this to end, man. Um, so once again, thank you all so much for tuning into another episode yes. of Squared. Um, and thank you for joining us once again, Osato. Thank you. Thank and... you for having me. So awesome. I love it. <laughs> exhale and exhale. I mean, I, I love it. It goes so well together. I absolutely love it. All right. So once again, thank you all so much for tuning into another episode of E Squared. We will be continuing with transparent and transformative conversations in the next episode. But until then, make sure you share this podcast with a friend and share your feedback. Thank you all for listening. Catch you on the next one.